0: Jason Woody coming up on the Green Bay Packers. I've said earlier this week I was uh, thinking the Kansas City would win. He still thinks they will, but um, if you root for an underdog, I think you'd have to root for Brock Purdy, um, given expectations of him, and then you got Mahomes has already got it. Purdy, I think it's Maybe similar to Eli Manning going against the Patriots and Tom Brady. Uh, Eli Manning's career is basically uh, the greatness of it—the two Super Bowl wins over the Patriots—and if Purdy can lead the uh, 49ers to win over the, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, I don't think anybody's going to say, "Hey, yeah, but they were the favorite." No, they're going to—it's going to elevate him to uh, an even higher level than it than already exists because of the ability to uh, go head-to-get against uh, Mahomes and win. But everything's important only as it relates to the Green Bay Packers. I may have violated that rule. Everybody needs information about the Packers from Jason Willie and that's going to happen right now. Good evening, Jason. Well, how early did you go to break to get to me that I missed call? Well, the call? Well, you're never early. Well, because the first session... We do Rain Man, and we had an all-time best-ever 12, so there wasn't much discussion about uh, the mixed quest- missed questions and things like that.
1: Um, I was just finishing dinner, and so I realized that I had missed your call. So sorry no, no, you one,
0: no one, see, this is the other thing, Jason, that I've tried to coach you. No one knows that you missed.
1: Sure they do. Because did you play my music and then I wasn't on right away?
0: Uh, I don't know how I was. Uh, Jay, uh, how did you? No, we did not play his music. We just played uh, Doctor Duke coming Dr. back Duke, here, and, and then, then I talked a little bit right about away, so. uh, Purdy versus Mahomes, and and then uh, mm-hmm. then we go to Jason Woolley. So um, as uh, mm-hmm. I never tell anybody where you are or uh, uh, other my other pondering. particulars. Everybody laundry. thought you were right on time. They thought, yeah, Jason's he's ready to go like no. usual. Well. No. So, so now what now we want to know? talk about because 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 Blaga's not here till tomorrow.
1: So you actually have to ask. A I
0: do. Yes, I got tons of questions. All about Good. the coaching I staff. The people who have been added. How much you knew? Um, I, I've never given much attention to. Well, do you play the three four or the four um, three? So, yeah. of all that's taken place, what? You no. Know, what? How do you want to best explain to people what's going on? The the uh, one coach. Is crazy guy right? All right.
1: So I think if if we're gonna how rank the things that are most important. Perfectly. I think first of yeah. all, I think again I'm gonna steal I that. At, okay. Well, we'll let's start at the bottom. Um, you know, they they obviously are leaving the offensive staff intact, other than adding. Sean Mannion, who uh, was on the Seahawks practice squad at the end of the season and has decided to retire and go straight into coaching, and Matt LaFleur has created a spot for him. Now, uh, I I do know that because he thinks – apparently everybody thinks that Sean Mannion is going to be a really good head coach. I uh, I did a piece – or someone else did a piece, I should say, um, and then I found it and reached out to my guy, John Schneider, who said that he will be a head coach in the league someday of Sean Mannion, which I thought was a pretty big statement for a guy who was uh, on the roster as a practice squad quarterback uh, after nine years in the NFL. How often so, can you I mean, remember
0: people saying that about someone with at, at, the, at a at Doug point. Peterson.
1: Oh. Doug Peterson. I remember somebody said that about Doug Peterson. And they were right. Uh, and at the time, Doug Peterson just wanted to coach his kids' high school football team. Uh, and obviously that then developed into him doing uh, so much more with coaching and eventually becoming a head coach and winning a Super Bowl and all that kind of good stuff. So that's, that's, that was the first thing that, you know, I thought it was interesting that Sean Mannion is, is starting this process with the Packers. Uh, at the same time, he's doing it while Tom Clements is coming back for another year. That was going to be my follow-up.
0: If you thought the guy had a potential to be good, I'd want him to spend some time with Clements.
1: Yeah, well, that's what he's going to do. And I, I'm guessing that this is kind of a, you know, give him an assistant quarterback's coach or whatever his title is going to be. But what he really is is Tom Clements' understudy. So he right. can learn as much as he can and, from Tom. And then when Tom retires, he can take over.
0: Am I correct to assume that this is an indication that it might be Clements last year?
1: Could be. Uh, mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if he was going to come back or not. And when I asked Matt Lafleur about it uh, at the end of the season – he said, you know, that he, he had not committed to coming back and that Tom had every right to decide what he wanted to do, and Tom decided to come back. I, there's another guy uh, that this is reminding me of, though, and he just, I think, finished his third season as Mike McCarthy's quarterback's coach in Dallas, and that's Scott Tolzien, who has some Sean Mannion to him, it would appear. And, and frankly, you know, these guys that are backup quarterbacks, you know, they're kind of in coaching mode before they're even done being in playing mode because a lot of the backup quarterback job is going through film, going through tendencies, getting the starting quarterback information that can help him be more effective on game day while you're holding the clipboard. So Scott Tolzien kind of fits that suit as well. Now, the fact that Clemens is back is great. They're able to kind of start this kind of succession plan, if they'd like to call it that. And I think LaFleur is really excited about it. We haven't talked to LaFleur. He's not going to address the staff changes until they're totally done. So uh, he has not spoken publicly. Returned a few text messages, but that's about it on my end. Now, on defense, obviously they moved on from Jerry Montgomery. He did coach in Green Bay since 2015. That was always in a 3-4 defense. I'm certain that Jerry Montgomery could coach a 3 4-3 uh, instead of a 3-4, but they obviously want someone else uh, who is going to who has experience with uh, with this system. And that's why they got Vince Ogabasi, uh, who has been with Jeff Hafley at Boston College for the past 4 years. So kind of like when the LeFleur moved on from James Campen as the offensive line coach. It wasn't that Campy wasn't a good coach, it was that he wanted a guy who could run the Kyle Shanahan Mm -hmm. zone blocking scheme. So that's how uh, Campy ended up out of a job. Uh, And all these hires now, kind of accelerate this explanation, have all been very clear that they are building a 3-4 defense. The crazy guy, as you referred to him, uh, which, look, I don't know, and and I did ask Tausch about this this morning, um, only because I'm not, I, and I'm not a player, but I'm not a huge, huge fan of wild and crazy screaming guy. Um, I think that that has some value, but I think that if you do it all the time, it loses its value. But, you know, Anthony Campanile... Uh, comes from a coaching family. Basically, the New York Times did a story about how he and his dad and his three brothers are basically New Jersey football coaching royalty. So he's got a, a really good resume. He's really well regarded. Had some chances for a defensive coordinator job. Didn't get one in this hiring cycle. Maybe we'll get one. Maybe he'll get one next year. But that's a good hire at inside linebacker, which. I should say linebackers. This is gonna take an adjustment for me because now it's defensive line, linebackers, uh, and then really corners and safeties are coached together, but separately. So the changes that they made defensively all make it very clear that this is gonna be a 4-3. I I confirmed that with Lafleur when I texted him yesterday and told him that uh, uh, I'm really excited about the 4-3. I'll never get confused about two down linemen again since he gave me grief in that press conference for that question. And he responded that yeah, now Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary will be classified as defensive ends all the time, as opposed to just in sub packages. So that's where they're headed. It is significant. I know you, you you kind of said there that you didn't think it was that big of a deal. I guess it's not because of how much sub package teams play, right? Now, but it's still it's still a change, and it's still a change compared to you know dating back to 2009. They had been a 4-3 defense throughout the Holmgren era. They started out kind of as a 3-4 with Ray Rhodes, but they were almost exclusively a 4-3 throughout the Holmgren era, throughout the Mm -hmm. Sherman era, and for the first three years, the Mike McCarthy era. And then he hired Dom Capers, and everything changed. The difference here is I don't think that there is going to be a discernible shift in the type of players they want, whereas when Dom Capers came in in January of 2009, by April of 2009, Ted Thompson was drafting a big run-stuffing defensive tackle to be in the middle of that three-man front. And that, of course, was B.J. Raji. Mm-hmm. And then braiding back up into the first round to get an edge rusher in Clay Matthews. So he clearly drafted for a four, for 3-4 defense. I don't think you'll see a shift in how they draft because now they're going back to a
0: 4-3. I, I just remember, I don't know if you talked about it, it's, well, the league was going in a certain direction in terms of some impact or who the big names were in terms of the coordinators and that they did it a certain way and people were copying them. My memory... yeah,
1: Baltimore is a 4-3. Baltimore is a 4-3 now, and, and so that, you know, I think that's been the big trend. And, and Robert Sala, who obviously influenced Jeff Hatley a lot, Halfley a lot, um, also runs a, a 4-3
0: team. Is there a team. reason? Again, what the, that it's they've... not that big.
1: Yeah, it's really, I mean, your initial statement still is true, Homer. It's not a huge deal. Like, it really, it was once upon a time. I was saying this to Chewy the other day on Jen Gave and Chewy. Like, back back when he was playing, uh, their nickel guy was Mike Pryor, who was a slow, old, white guy safety.
0: And he never played And
1: much. And, and the, they did not play a ton of nickel. Uh, and that was one of the best defenses in the league when they won the title in 96. And, and now
0: everybody and that, plays nickel all the time, right?
1: Yeah, that was basically what Goody said. is that it's 4-2-5. Yeah, 4, two, five. A four two, 5 league. That's yeah. what he said.
0: Yep. So, that's I mean, I, I'm glad he, that you brought the – because that's all I think now. I You just got five guys back there, and those five seem to be the most important five. And how do you use – I don't know. you. How do you use the safeties or – you really have three quarterbacks and two safeties, and then that seems to me to be the biggest part of the NFL now. Uh, and if it's not, then you can set me straight now because it seems like that. And then you no, just, you need so thing. many defensive backs now. Yeah, it's a
1: passing league. I mean, certainly they still run the football, obviously, some teams more than others. But, yeah, I mean, look, it doesn't matter if you're classified as a defensive end or an outside linebacker, if you're on the edge and they run the football, you need to set the edge. And I would say that among the shortcomings uh, during not just the Joe Barry era, but, you know, if we're being honest, this is a team that hasn't stopped the run very well for a really long time. Yeah, they push the the ends
0: out, and then you run inside them. So I I would just say that
1: when I – you know, look at this, is this going to change how they are defensively? Are they going to be better against the run? Uh, you would certainly hope so. I mean, they were 28th in the league against the run last year. Mm-hmm. So for everybody, myself included, who would point to some of the stats that indicated that Joe Barry's defense wasn't god-awful, including being 10th in scoring defense, well, the run defense was awful. Yep. And while that's not always going to be – the death knell for you defensively. There are certainly going to be instances where if you can't stop the run, like Philly with 363 mm-hmm. or a couple of teams early in the season that were 230 or whatever it was, yeah, that's how you lose football games if you can't stop the run. And they certainly did that during that era, but also others.
0: And then I'd also ask you, talking with Jason Willie, that to me the like the safeties are you have three quarterbacks, you have two safeties, and where do those safeties play? You can have a safety that spends – so much time uh, close to the line of scrimmage, or more time that that he's almost like a linebacker. Or uh, again, I just well, there there have been some guys that have played the position that way. I
1: think that's an era that has kind of shifted back to you got to be a guy that can. You certainly want a guy that can hit that plays safety. You got to be able to run to cover guy. He's got to be able to run right. more importantly than how you know because they've had throughout the years they've had some really big safeties and the idea was obviously that they were going to be effective in that role but uh, as a kind of a small linebacker uh, it's just you know Orin burks who kind of found a niche in san francisco this past year um you know one of the one of the frustrations they had with him he was a he was a college safety largely and he wasn't able to He wasn't fast enough to cover and he wasn't consistent enough or physical enough to tackle and he also wasn't healthy enough for much of his time in Green Bay. And so, you you know, he's kind of a guy without a position, right? And so I think that that is no longer an issue because I don't think they look at these guys um, quite the same as having to be able to do both. I think you want your guys to be able to be sure tacklers at safety and certainly have a physicality to them, but you got to be able to cover more and you know if you can if first of all if you can figure out a way to avoid having oh I don't know Preston Smith covering Devontae Adams that'll be a step in the right direction too
0: so what's the appropriate analysis of Savage I mean he's been up and down and what he he. yeah I don't
1: I don't, I don't think that I, I I I don't think that the system highlighted his skill set if you go back and look I mean, statistically and just the eyeball test, um, he looked a heck of a lot better in Mike Patton's system than he did in Joe Barry's system, right? I think he felt he was miscast. I think. Uh, if so how was him, he miscast? Honestly, was... uh, I think he played too far off the line of scrimmage, okay. uh, not coverage, trying to cover too much ground, and he was not the one thing he was not great at was he's not a great open field tackler. And he looked bad in tackling situations more than once, right? Well, if and, and look, you can't protect a guy all the time. Like, if he's not a good tackler, uh, even if the scheme prevents him from being put in bad positions frequently, there are going to be times where he's going to be in a bad spot and he's going to miss the tackle. But I felt like there were ways that they could utilize him that would have put him in uh, fewer bad Should this help him or hurt him? I think if he comes back, I think it helps him. But again, I'm, you know, he, he still has to do it. Like we can make all the excuses or all the explanations we want, but he's got to go out there and show that this system, if he gets the opportunity by returning fits him better than what he endured with Joe Barry. All
0: right. And last quick one on Quay Walker. It seems to me that he's just all over the place sometimes, but he has incredible ability. He makes some fantastic plays, but I, I'll accept whatever you say about the best way to use him or how they should use him.
1: Yeah, I don't know the answer to that, frankly. I mean, I, he certainly has God-given physical talents. He's got great size, great speed, but he was not a playmaker at Georgia. Right. Like, if you look at his stats, he didn't have interceptions. He didn't have fumbles forced. He didn't have fumble recoveries. He didn't have sacks. So he had the interception uh, in the opener in Chicago. And I, I don't know, he had a back or two maybe, and maybe had some as a rookie too. But like I thought for sure, especially after they moved him outside more frequently last year during the 2022 season when they had injuries and they lost uh, Rashawn Gary, I thought that they were going to have this, you know, kind of Swiss Army knife tool who could play a bunch of different spots on defense, and he was just going to have this breakout season. And after the first game, I was thinking, "Oh, I'm right," just like I thought. You know, at one point, I was right about six and eleven. Turns out, he didn't have a breakout season. Nothing even approaching that. He didn't get kicked out of any games, but he certainly didn't have a breakout season. So I'm eager to see what his first season in Halfley's defense looks like because I don't, I still don't think they bring back uh, Devondre Campbell. Um, You know, the contract is less than ideal as a contract. It's not the year that you want to be getting rid of him. But I I don't, I don't know how Matt LaFleur feels about him because they were together in Atlanta and I thought LaFleur really liked him, but I just don't think he looks at, I don't think he looks at what Campbell did and kind of a lack of Seemingly, again, I wasn't in the locker room, so maybe I'm wrong. But it didn't seem like he was a great veteran leader on a team that needed veteran leadership, and that, to me, is problematic.
0: So it's, what's, what's Walker's best position? Well, that's
1: the other thing. If you're going to play uh, – and I, again, I understand the outside linebackers become defensive ends in the sub package, but the idea would be for him – to, to be a single inside linebacker and flow to the ball, he's got great athleticism. You know when they when they ran a four three most recently here, you know A.J. Hawk was one of the outside guys, and it was Nick Barnett who was mm-hmm. in the middle and moved around. And Nick Barnett, for whatever shortcomings he had as a player, he moved really well. And so I'd be curious to see um, if given that similar role uh, in this scheme, if if Quay Walker is able to really flow from sideline to sideline and be a difference maker.
0: I right, talking with Jason Woolley. I said yesterday my dream for the upcoming season is Packers-Jets in the Super Bowl. Packers against Aaron Rodgers. Uh, what percentage chance do you think I have of, of getting my wish? 100. <laughs> okay. that's this is uh, For those who don't know, this is very similar to when I asked Aaron Rodgers what his favorite movie of all time was. And he said, back to the future three. And I said, well, that's the end of this interview. This yeah,
1: is- I don't, I, I mean, I, I'll say, I'll just. Say is it a long shot? Is it problem.
0: a real long shot? Uh, I, don't I don't know. I, I, after, after reading that story from the oh, Athletic
1: about. Yeah. The problem is the Jets, uh, the given how tough the AFC the is, too. Yeah. And, and just how dysfunctional they are. Yeah, I'm not brimming with confidence that uh, the Jets are a Super Bowl team. But, hey, uh, I, I'll just say this. Because you always want to end our uh, calls with, I'll join that club. Your dream scenario, I'll join that club. I would love yeah. for that to be the case.
0: But I the just, Packers, right now, good. you'd say the Packers have a better chance of holding up their end of the donkey than the Jets. I'll join that club, too. Yeah. Are you excited about next season? It's not going to...
1: No, I'm. I'm... I'm excited about gymnastics meets and oh. basketball games and volleyball tournaments right now. I'm not thinking about next season. I'm, I'm thinking about uh, much more important uh, seasons that are going on right now. I'll, I'll think about that season, uh, come uh, June.
0: Right. In July. My only tip is if you have a colonoscopy and you have to drink that stuff, drink it at room temperature. It's much easier to do. Uh, no I had
1: mine a couple of years ago.
0: You're not uh, old enough uh, to need is, one, are you? Are the Italian, well, having,
1: so, so my. So they're having people start earlier. Um, oh, yeah. And I i, I had a, a good friend of mine. And when I say that, it's because Rob Andringa, former Badgers sure. hockey player, made all of us feel like we were really good friends of his.
0: I knew him. One of the greatest uh, high, high school quarterbacks I ever saw play.
1: And one of the greatest humans uh, that I've known. And he passed away from colon cancer several years ago. Uh, and um, uh, he, I'll say this, he probably saved a lot of, uh, people's lives because there's probably a lot of guys in, is in my age range who went and got colon But that's really really
0: unlucky him. to have his situation because they can usually well, catch I, it and you don't normally get it i mean how old was he when he got it
1: 50 48 yeah that's that's yeah, one I, in a million i don't think
0: he was 50 all right i don't th- i think
1: it's i think it's more frequently now so right. I th- and by the way I'll ask I have my doctor. I pristine colon. I just want you to know that. What? That's what my doctor I have a pristine colon. Uh, well, my colon is pristine.
0: You know what my doctor so told my me? It's my best side. Nice. You know what my doctor told me? He went to school in Ukraine, and I said, there's no way. He goes, well, what do you mean there's no way? No, what do you mean? You went to school, went to school in Ukraine. How about that? Would you feel comfortable? I t- said I didn't feel as comfortable yeah, with it. Yeah, but how's your colon? Mine's fine. Not as good as yours, but it's fine. Thanks, Jason. Uh, that's
1: all that I care about.
0: Yep. All right, Homer, take care. Be good. TVV, Tim Van Born. Next.